Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DNM on the stuff that matters. Hello there. Hello. We're back. We're back. Back. Well, I mean, I mean, we again. recorded last week. <laughs> we left for a week. Yeah. We're back to normal programming. This mm. is not a bonus episode. It is. It is, however, about running, which is. <laughs> Yes, very Which is exciting, exciting topic of the moment. We had so much to talk about last week. And I mean, when we say this episode is about running, we are speaking to Liv Morrison, who is our incredible dietitian at Keep mm. It Cleaner, about nutrition for running. But it actually applies to nutrition before and after any type of exercise yeah. we're doing. So if you're like, oh, running is too much, don't worry, we cover nutrition in general to do with exercise today so that is very exciting and then we're also going to share our stories with running mm. which is very is that exciting for you so it's uh, like you mm. know <laughs> um no but yeah 100 percent. but before we get into that obviously do we usually give a preview i don't think we do that it's was that we do now wow even though we're only one week out of practice <laughs> what is your special share Ah, well, oh, wow. Steph's like, let's get straight into it. Okay, let's not. How you been? How are you? <laughs> you know what's funny is even as I asked that, I was like, what is your special share slash how are you? <laughs> so we actually, we, Steph and I went for a walk this morning. So mm-hmm. I feel like we haven't, we, I know how, you know how I am. Yeah. I know how you, but we, you know, the, the listeners don't know. Not no. do they, do you guys mind? It doesn't matter if you don't mind. But anyway, <laughs> I'm good. Uh, and my special share for the week mm-hmm. is, you know, you'd think I would have had a lot of things to share because we had a week oh two weeks of oh, special shares yeah. but you know i <laughs> you've also been was, very busy with kick run stuff, we have so. we've been very busy with kick run stuff but i do have something so what i did i did it a few weeks ago mm. and this is for anyone who is puts a lot of pressure on themselves to be productive 24 7 this is welcome to inside my brain mm. right even on the weekend mm. i like make myself not make myself but I just I feel like I get anxious if I'm not like being doing things like Mm -hmm. cleaning the front how many times can I clean the top drawer out how many times can I rearrange the linen cupboard until it's like hang on this is actually not productive you know like you don't need to be doing this on the Mm -hmm. weekend so I have this new idea for me (laughs) to (laughs) to start and for anyone that is maybe putting a lot of pressure on themselves if this is something and you feel because the thing is when I'm doing not nothing because I'm still doing something but I'm doing when I'm doing something for me I often really feel guilty about it because I'm not doing anything productive and that guilt is not helpful for anyone because if you're feeling guilty in the time that you're giving yourself for self-care and to refill your cup the time is consumed by negativity yeah. and putting yeah. pressure on yourself. So yeah. you need to take that away. I have been allocating like a few hours a weekend to just read or something. Mm. And because of the way my mind works, I'm really routine and regimented, knowing that that's scheduled. And in that time, like I just won't go on my phone. Because then the thing is, I say that I try and be productive, but I'll still spend like five hours on the weekend scrolling. Mm. But I don't mm. think about that as unproductive. But if I'm yeah. doing something like reading a book that makes me feel so good... I feel guilty when I do that. So anyway, I am working very hard on removing that guilt. Yes, good. and I'm not sure if that's going to help anyone. If I, <laughs> but that is my special share for the week. Nice one, thanks. I like it. Uh, how are you? I'm good. And what is your special share? I'm good. I'm good. Much like you, I feel hopeful for you know a summer out of lockdown. Um, but I'm, I don't want to jinx it, so I'm going to end that conversation Fair. there. Um, 
a special share is actually um, kind of a similar thing, but I've been back into puzzles and I know that oh it is God, like... Oh my God, I saw in your story. Yeah. <laughs> so I've done two puzzles in the last month and I know that it's like kind of one of those things. I think people just kind of got back into it over lockdown. It was just something to do. But I actually think it's something I'm going to kind of keep in mind even post lockdown because what I've noticed with it, I'll, I usually do it while we've got like a show on or you know, something else is happening. But what I love about it is I will literally sit there and puzzle for three hours straight and not look at my phone once. Um, like the other night you messaged me, last night you messaged last me. Last night, yeah, yeah. And I didn't see it till like 10 when I was going to bed. Um, because I was very angry. Joking, no. joking. I wasn't, I obviously wasn't. My phone wasn't, was, was next to me. Like I didn't put my phone away in my room or anything. Like it was right next to me. But, but you just, I just didn't think I didn't, to look at it. Yeah, I didn't think to look at it for, for that many hours because I was so consumed by my puzzle. And I just love that because I feel like anytime I, I find a new hobby that I like that takes me away from my phone, it's like, okay, cool. I need to do this more. <laughs> um, so that was my thing. And the really, really lovely thing about it was that puzzle actually was sent to me from a friend, Lucy Bartholomew, who's also an incredible ultra marathon runner. So funny. And you went to primary school. I did. No, high yeah, school yeah, together. High school. high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, primary school and high school oh, we did. Oh, there you go. Um, and she's an incredible runner. So it's funny that her name's popping up in this conversation, seeing as we're going to be talking about running today. Um, but yeah, she saw that I finished a puzzle the other week and messaged me and was like, I have a puzzle at home that I think you'd really enjoy. And so she sent me a puzzle, um, which I absolutely loved. It was this Aboriginal art piece and it was so fun to do. And she also sent like this little teddy bear in this note for like Har- to congratulate for Harvey. And it was just so sweet. But then when I messaged her today to say, I'm finished and I loved it. Thank you so much. What's your address? I'll send it back. She was like, no, pass it on, pay it forward. And I just thought that was such a beautiful oh, thing to do. And even my friend Jen was like, oh, let's do a puzzle swap, like, because she likes doing puzzles too. So anyway, I just thought it was... Oh, that's <laughs> not... I was just going to say, do not pay it forward to me because I... Will not do it? Will... Yeah. That will not I, be in puzzles. your schedule. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just... I just... Attention to detail, that kind of stuff. I I just feel like I'll look at it and I'll be like, this is too hard <laughs> and I will give up. Uh, but that is awesome. That's very... That's a really nice thing to do. Love mm. that. Yeah, except the only downside is I, I've, I've been doing it on my coffee table and I sit on the floor and crouched over my coffee table ah. and it's not been great for my neck on top of breastfeeding. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you also breastfeed in that position, so I can imagine yeah, you'd be yeah. in a lot of pain. What what anyway. question, what are you watching while you're at the moment, while you're doing... You know what, puzzle. we're actually in the middle of too many shows to mention, uh, yes. but I do, um, I did actually, I watched the other night that new movie with um, Jake Gyllenhaal, The Guilty, which is actually quite an incredible movie. It wasn't like going to be my special share, but might as well talk about it now. It's, um, he's, if you like Jake Gyllenhaal, he's an incredible actor. It's a really good movie, but the really interesting thing about it is the whole entire movie, like start to finish, is just him on the phone. That's like the whole scene is him on the phone because oh. he's a 911 call attendant. Oh. And it's uh, that's all I'll say about it because I feel like if I talk any more about it, it'll give the whole movie away. But um, it's really interesting the way it was shot. And it was shot in COVID. So the other director, I think he part directed it, but the other director was sitting in a van outside of the studio and there was only like one cameraman in there and they shot it over like 10 days. Do we see anything else in the movie apart from him on the phone? Like the odd like other person might walk into screen and say like oh this person's on the phone do you want me to put them through but that's it like he's literally his face takes up the screen the whole time and I know that sounds really weird 
Mm, like sounds wouldn't doesn't be that sound, entertaining. Yeah, but, but it's it gripping. is. It's very gripping. Yeah. I I just looked on Google to see what the review was because I feel like I saw someone say it was really bad. Oh, and what? so but I I don't know because there's so much choice out there now. But yeah, I, yeah, was that true. that movie? Was it another one? Because it has got a pretty good Rotten Tomatoes rating, which is my favorite thing to to check for ratings. Yeah. I, I feel like it's pretty good. Yeah, sixty nine percent. So yeah, okay. it's not it's not bad. But um, it's I just thought good. it was I thought it was Above, really incredible. Sometimes I watch movies at twenty four percent because I like the actress. Yeah, actress, you know what? That's actresses. the thing. That's the thing. So Josh and I love Jack Gyllenhaal. So yeah, that might be you know why we really liked it. But also, we did say to each other, this is definitely a movie we would recommend to someone else. But it's not a movie you'd go and watch again. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like really good to pass on to someone else. But once you've there's seen not it, that many movies you would watch again, apart from I mean, the OGs from when we were younger. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit different. I like rewatching movies. Do you? Like How many times have you watched out? Bridesmaids? Yeah, but that was that's an OG. How long ago <laughs> did that come out? Yeah, true. Okay, I see what you're saying. Do you know, like every year, but okay. this movie will soon be ten years old. Yeah, but will it be one? No, it won't be one you go back to. In the past few years, I can't think of one movie. When I say few, two or three years, that mm. I'm like that is a amazing movie that I go back I go back to The Intern mm. Love Anne Hathaway I go back to Devil Wears Prada again Anne mm-hmm. Hathaway mm-hmm. Um, what else there's a few that I always will go back to but none in the past few years that I think have changed my life enough to watch again anyway 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 moving on moving forward <laughs> moving <Let's> on go. <laughs> moving on okay so 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 for today today's yes. episode is actually based on again as we said last week there were so many running questions that came in and so we could not fit it into one episode. The episode would have been two and a half hours and we just thought, wow, you guys, you know, you, you're a bit like, whoa, bonus app. They expect us to listen out in the break. And then also it's like, you you want us to listen to two and a half hours? No. So we had to split this into two episodes. And so in this episode, as we said, we've got the incredible Liv Morrison on coming up soon. But what we wanted to chat about first, and so we're answering DM segment. We're answering all of your questions kind of today so the normal dnms will resume next week you can email them if you want to podcast at keepitcleaner.com.au if you have a question you want us to answer but for today steph and i are going to start by talking about basically our journey with running and the the most uh, i suppose common thing that came through in the questions apart from questions about injury was really about motivation and just like how do you learn to like running and how do you not want to die the entire time you're running Mm. so that was we get it. Totally mm, hear you. I, I hear you. Um, so, Steffi, do you want to start with your experience with running? Yeah, probably a good place, <laughs> place to start because I'm probably still there on, on days with, with you guys. Um, my little journey of running. So I've never really liked long distance running. Even when I think back to primary school, high school, um, I loved sport and I liked athletics, but I was always more into like sprinting or sports where it was like short distance, quick running never really liked cross country um and so when I think of running I I do think of it in like short stints and for me like 5k which is which is really great because that's the goal of this whole program but 5k is a long run for me um and then so I think because I just compared myself to others I who who were really good runners like even you laws I would just think like oh I can't do that. So I'm not a runner. So I wouldn't bother. And it was actually funny because I think my relationship with running, 
um, actually kind of re-sparked when you were living with me and we were going to the gym together years ago and you would always warm up before a kick workout with a run. And I was yeah. like, okay, cool. So I started walking on the treadmill next to you and until you were ready to get into the kick workout. <laughs> and then, you know, the next time I went, I did a bit of jogging. And then the next time I went, I got into intervals. And Do you I remember when that. I would sit stand next to you and like put the speed up on your treadmill? Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> but like it was good motivation because I was going there to like, yeah, work out with you each time. And so um, I kind of just, I kind of had no other choice but to be on the treadmill if I wanted to. But that's I how feel I got so it. evil. No, I was no. like, 14, Steph, come on. But it was good. It was good. I kind of needed that. And so I, so I liked it. Again, it was only short stints. We generally were only on there for like 10 minutes and it was, you know, used as a warm up. And that was a great introdu- introduction to it, I think. And then from there, I would like go on the odd, like 3K run outside and really not focus too much on my pace or anything like that. And that was something I really struggled with. I think that I thought because I wasn't as fast as other people, like I really shouldn't bother. So then I started to just literally not care about it. And that helped a lot with staying motivated with it. But again, it wasn't my favorite exercise. And like, for me, I'm one of those people I get asked all the time, you know, what is your workout routine? What is, what does a week look like for you? What does a month look like for you? And to be honest, every week and every month is so different in my routine. That's why I love kick and the app so much because I, the way I work out is honestly, I wake up that day, I see what I feel like and I'll do that. If I just feel like a walk, I'll just do a walk. If I feel like pushing myself and getting a sweat on and doing a boxing session, then I'll do that. If I feel like doing a HIIT workout, I'll do that, etc. Um, and so I don't really plan ahead. I'm not regimented. I don't think ahead and think, okay, this week I'm going to do two runs, two yoga flows, two strength workouts. I just do what feels right. And I think when I took the pressure off running so much, like I wasn't, you know, um, putting too much pressure on perfecting my running skills or anything like that. I was kind of more motivated to just do it when Mm. I was motivated and not push myself to do it. If I wasn't motivated, like I think there was a period where I I would be walking out of the house and I'd be like, I really don't want to go for a run. And they're the days that I should have listened to my body and just, and just not run because when I do feel up to it, I have the best run and I actually get a really good pace and I go a good distance because I'm in the mood for it. So I think for me, it was, yeah, kind of taking the pressure off, aiming for anything specific um, and just going with the flow. And I think what I'm going to really enjoy about this program, because, you know, for you guys, just so you know, I am going to be following it from week one, run one with you because, you know, I, I didn't run throughout my pregnancy and postpartum. I've just done the odd like 2K jog. I'm really, really keen to take it slow and to get it to a point where I am running 5k and I'm running it comfortably because I think right now for me 5k seems like a long run and a daunting run because it is still quite challenging for me um whereas I think through this program because it's going to force me to slow down and um to walk and you know when I might actually be able to you know keep running but I'm going to listen to it to a T and follow it to a T so that when I do get to that last run and I do run five kilometers it feels comfortable and I'm really excited for that feeling because yeah I feel like once I once I get into a better routine of it and I feel like I will be more motivated and I will be more excited and I won't have that kind of negative connotation to running um because I would have built up to it 
but yeah, that's. <laughs> I love that, Steph. No, I think I think that's that's so great. So what what I love what you said there about you know getting comfortable with your running, and that's mm. what we want you to work up to with this program. And that's why. So when you say when you send in these sent in these questions, you know that you feel like you can't breathe, you feel like you know you hate every second. Mm. You, it goes so slow that goes away mm. with like everything like the mm. more we do things the better we get at it but when you can build up gradually as this mm. program kind of enables you to do and it's it, we kept it interesting in that you stop and you like you start walking you start running so it's not just run for the whole time mm. but you then will get to a point by week eight where as kind of Steph said you're not going to be thinking the whole time oh my god this is so uncomfortable mm. because mm. you feel comfortable running in your body and Mm. it is the best feeling and it's hard the first few weeks are hard to get there like I know from when I've been injured and had to come back it's when you don't have that fitness it's really hard but if you push through that and you build it up you feel so good Um, and I think the other thing I love Steph about your journey is for anyone listening you know from coming from from me I don't think my running story really will help help you know that many people because or at all because people might see me and think you know I've been running for how Mm. old am I 20 Eight. I'm yes. 28. I've been literally running since primary school cross country, so mm. grade five. Mm. So for me, it's kind of like I've always loved running and it's mm. something that I've done, but you didn't. I remember mm. when we met and you were like, no, Laura, I am not a runner. You said that to me. I'm not a runner. It's just not for me. I'm mm-hmm. Pilates. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I, I don't like Pilates. Yeah. <laughs> we're the perfect pair, but now I yeah. do Pilates and you do running. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really awesome. And I think as well, like even with finding motivation for running like for me I I started running I did cross country literally every year Mm. and I did all the sports with the most running because I just I just it was the one thing that I wasn't uncoordinated at Mm. um except actually I've got a scar on my face which is from falling (laughs) over running but anyway that's okay um so for me I I was up but one thing I will say I wasn't there was kids in primary school and then high school probably up until about year nine then people really had to start training to maintain that Mm. fitness because especially as females going through puberty your body changes and Mm. sometimes that you know that really athletic ability if you Mm. don't keep practicing it's like anything you, you, Mm. you lose your fitness but I wasn't that. I, I didn't come first. I came just like in the middle. I was just, a, you know, just a kid having a go and liked running. Mm. And then I found that I started practicing and going for more runs through year nine to year 12. And then I was able to do better and better with my running. And I proved to myself, you know, the more that you do it, the mm. better you the better you get and the better you feel. But now with, with my running, I use it as literally a tool for my mental health. Mm. It makes me feel so good and my mm. mind clear and mm. just... And I agree with you, you have to, once you get comfortable in running, you Mm. can then get better at listening to your body of when you feel like a run or when you feel like, you know, a kick strength workout or a Pilates workout or whatever you want to do. Um, But now I, it's funny because I used to think I couldn't keep motivated with my running because I'm not training for something. I used to think I have to be training for a marathon or Mm. a half marathon or whatever, Mm. a race to, I'm who am I? No one. Like I'm not training for a race, um, but to, you know, stay motivated. Mm. But honestly, I run for life. Like that's when people mm. say, why, like, why, why don't you do more running like mm. a race? And I, I, I just run for life. You know, mm. maybe one day I will do a marathon, which I've said on here a thousand times I was going to mm. do, but I haven't. But that, because it just makes me feel good. Yeah. And yeah. when you feel comfortable in your run, that's when you get to that point. And mm. so we really hope that you guys are able to get to that point with and you will be able to if you stick with the program yeah and it's three runs a week yeah you can do it yeah and I'm just I gotta say like I am really excited to follow it and I'm really excited about the whole you know having it so in your not in your face but like it's so clear (laughs) what's next 
and what you're doing. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, really interesting. The three runs each week are different. Um, and having the audio cues, I just think it's going to be so good because, you know, I've, I've tried to follow, you know, physio's advice before where it's like run for a minute, walk for a minute, but I just get lost when I'm running and I'll just start listening to a tune and then I'll realize, oh, I've been running for two minutes. Oh, I better, I better walk now. Cause I was only meant to be running for a minute. Like I'm, I'm just really pumped to have those audio cues there because I am certainly someone who would probably push harder than I should. And therefore I don't actually progress because I push myself a little bit too much. I don't enjoy the run and then I'm put off going back and, and doing it again. Whereas mm-hmm. if I think if I just take it easy and I actually listen to the cues, even though I feel like, you know, the first couple of runs might feel a little bit, um, you know, easy for me because I have done a bit of running before, I, I'm just really keen to do it to a T and, as I said, to get to that 5K and to just make that 5K super comfortable. And then I, I do want to kind of get to a point where I am keeping it in my routine regularly. And, and as I said, it, you know, it's, I don't think it's ever going to be my favourite form of, of exercise, but I do, I, I do think the more comfortable you get with it, the more you do enjoy it. 100%. Love that. Mm. And that's why, I mean, if you didn't listen to the podcast that we did last week with the fantastic Hannah, who is the physio who developed the Kick Run program from Upwell, highly recommend listening to that. We speak through why three runs a week was chosen Mm. and why if you only do one a week how it makes it so much harder to kind of Mm. get to that comfortable point so I'd recommend listening to that and then also before we get into this week's interview Mm. not that we do interviews every week today's interview this awesome chat with Liv not really an interview it's a chat but it was World Mental Health Day Mm. on Sunday Mm -hmm. and I think I mean the theme of our special shares is very much things it was it actually worked out really nice that (laughs) there were kind of mental health focused activities that you know fill your cup so Mm. I think it's really important and and running as well for me that that's my meditation yeah um so I think it's really really important to make sure that if you took time on on Sunday on World Mental Health Day to really connect with yourself, mm. ask yourself how you're feeling, and check in and see if you need to make changes to mm. to help yourself feel better. Because obviously, our mental health is so important. Mm. Uh, make that's great. But if you didn't do that, maybe take this time yeah. today. With this time, I don't know how much time you have today, but you know, take two minutes or five minutes today to really ask yourself, you know, how am I going, and do I need to do anything else for my mental health? Because it is it is the most important thing. Yeah, and just remember that practicing self-care and, and everything to help with your mental health doesn't it's not a one size fits all approach. As you said, Laura, running is, is a medita- form of meditation for you. Um, it can be literally anything. Anything yeah. that makes you feel good and fills up your cup, just make sure you make time for it. And as Laura said, you have to make the time to regularly kind of check in with how that's going and like Laura did, do you need a schedule times in so that you actually do look after yourself and sit down and read a book or have a bath? Um, but yeah, it is, it is super, super important. And also when you're checking in with yourself, um, make sure that you do kind of keep in keep an open mind with maybe going and seeing someone. If you are really, really struggling, I highly recommend it. I've seen a psychologist before. I only ended up having two sessions with her, but even in those two sessions, she was so helpful. Um, but, you know, even starting with just talking to friends, make sure you're open with, you know, your friends and family. And we're always all here to support each other. And it's been a really tough couple of years, especially with lockdown and everything. Mm. So, Hopefully this summer will look a little bit different and we can all connect not so virtually, um, but do reach out to anyone if you ever need. And we will also put some links in the show notes to Lifeline and Beyond Blue. There, there is so much support out there. 
you just need to ask. I think that's the one thing with our mental health that sometimes we forget, you know, if we hurt our leg or our whatever mm. part of physical part of our body, we can see it. Uh, but with our mental health, you can't always see it. So mm. make sure you ask the people around you and yeah, you really, really check in with yourself and seek help if you need it. And now today's guest, Liv Morrison. Liv, welcome back to the kick pod. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm very excited. We are very excited as well because the Kick Run program is coming and with running and especially new runners and beginners, there is also a lot of questions around nutrition and diet and everything. So we're so happy to have you on. Very, very excited. And we're going to jump into some questions that were sent through by the community. First one is something I've pondered on myself. Is there like a particular type of food to, to, that you should or shouldn't eat pre and post run? Yeah, so food, your fuel is definitely so important in terms of running or any type of exercise. Generally, if you're if you're someone that's just getting started into exercise, into running, and you're doing it for about an hour or less per day, um, really what we really want you to focus on solely as the main priority is just general healthy eating, you know, making sure that you're balancing your meals, you're getting enough food in as well, and just eating healthily. But you can add in any of these things as well to support you and your performance throughout it. Um, What we really, really, really want to focus on, to be honest, is carbs. So you can't be fearful of carbs. Why we want to do that is because carbs are our fuel for exercise and for everything is what our major fuel source is. So what we do eat per day in terms of carbohydrates, our fruit, our veggies, all of our whole grains, um, most of our plants, really, if you think about plants and not animal products, they get converted to glucose, our major energy source. And whatever we don't utilize per day for, you know, just general functioning and our brain power, we store as glycogen in our muscles and our liver. And we use glycogen as our main energy source Um, when we're exercising, particularly running, and we convert that to something called ATP, which allows muscle contraction. So if we're not eating enough carbs, our glycogen stores get depleted pretty quickly. We can't contract our muscles because we're running out of ATP and then we get fatigued and it makes it a bit harder. So a lot of the foods we'll talk about with, you know, before you're running, recovery are really carbohydrate-based. So low-carbohydrate diets aren't necessarily ideal, particularly before running as well, just Mm. so we can get enough of those stores in. So... Um, before you run, ideally you don't want to be eating too much an hour before you go, just because we don't want our body concentrating on digesting food. We want it to be concentrating on running. So we've got these two different kind of energy sources or, or nervous systems in place. So when you're running, you're in that sympathetic nervous system, our fright, flight, freeze, run away from the tiger nervous system. And when we're eating food and digesting food, we're in our rest and digest nervous system. So we need that energy switch. So ideally an hour to two hours before before you go for a run, we want you to be having like a snack, but it's really high in quick acting carbohydrates, quite low in protein and fiber and fat. So, um, so it's just a bit easier for it to convert and like, you know, be made into glycogen to fuel our muscles for training. So they're going to be foods like, you know, some dates or dried fruit, crumpets or some toast or rice cakes with crackers, um, sorry, with honey, minimal butter, um, also like creamed rice is a really good one. Like, you know, those little kind of sachets you can get, some flavoured milk, muesli bars, little things like that. Nothing too crazy, but quite easy for our body to digest. If you were having a meal, say the night before, or you were training in the afternoon, going for a run then, and at lunchtime you were focusing on that meal to be your pre-training, pre-run 
main main source before you go. We want that to be about three to four hours prior. So we've got enough time to digest it and our body's still not, you know, processing food when we do go for our big run as it can be causing a little bit of digestive issues. So we want something like that that's pretty heavy on carbs too. Um, rice, pasta dishes, spag bowl, um, fried rice, porridge if it was further in the morning or for lunch. I love brekkie for lunch. Um, with some fruit and a little bit of yogurt or something along those lines would be perfect. Love that. That's such good advice. I think I love as well what you said that, you know, if you are exercising from zero to 60 minutes, which in this running program, the longest session I think is about 48 minutes. So it mm. falls in between this. I think it's really good because when we think about starting running for the first time, there's a lot of things to think about. It's very daunting. And so it's nice to know that as long as we're doing, you know, the normal healthy things that we do and we're not eating right before, because we all know if you try and do any training right after you eat, you don't feel very good. Yeah. That's really, really good to know. But if you're doing longer sessions, um, do you then... 60 minutes plus does that mean you probably if anyone is doing that they need to start really focusing on ensuring they're getting those carbohydrates in and a bit more focus yeah yeah that's exactly what i'd recommend i mean it's not something these these things in terms of like general healthy exercise you're just starting out at 60 minutes or less the main priority is that you're eating healthy and you're balancing your meals not overdoing it just before you exercise that's the big picture that we're looking for but mm. if you are doing those longer duration sessions and you're increasing the intensity or you know you're training more per week that's when this might be something that's more helpful for you to help out with you know reducing your fatigue and soreness afterwards as well so um, on if you are someone that you know is already kind of doing these things as well and you're, you're still upping your your load your workload that's when I'll look at the amounts maybe that will change a little bit it's quite specific per person and where you've started so think about you know what is, what's normal for me and how do I kind of improve that um, if you're someone that's you know exercising for a shorter session maybe you're going for a 45 minute run you might need three to four dates but if you're going for an hour an hour and a half run you might need six to eight dates if that's what you were utilizing before as your snack post run mm. i think this is something that i mean when i finish a run i really don't feel like eating for at least half an hour because i feel like water and getting hydrated maybe something sweet but i'm not you know being like wow i just really want to have a roast dinner right after <laughs> I finish my run so however obviously it's important to eat after we run to help us recover so what do we eat to help with recovery do we need to eat straight away? Uh, and so, because uh, you can kind of, I don't know if this is right, but there's windows of time where we need to eat certain food. So maybe within the first hour and then also 24 hours after the run, do we need to do anything different? Yeah. So that's a re- perfect question. Um, truthfully, depending on how much you're exercising, really that is where we focus on it a little bit more than others. But yeah, exactly. There is windows of time that we find are ideal. Um if you were really wanting to get into it. So optimally, we want to eat between an hour to an hour and a half after we've gone for a big run, mainly because, and that can be a meal or a snack. So if you're finding that you're just really not having too much appetite after, which is quite normal, go for a snack option. Even any of those ones I was talking about before, um, like some fruit toast with a little bit of butter on there or um, a little smoothie with some frozen banana or frozen fruit with some milk, just something super simple. If that's what you can manage, go for it. It's really going to be carbohydrates, again, that we're really focusing on there. But an hour and a half and a half after for a snack or a meal is ideal. Mainly that's because our body is best at replacing our glycogen stores within that time frame and repairing our muscle. So it still happens within a day. 
if you're someone that really is struggling or it's something that's not going to suit your lifestyle to be able to do so, you've got to go for your run and then you're getting straight into work and you've got a meeting. Don't stress about it. Our body still actually repairs and does the same thing over 24 hours. But if you're someone that's kind of getting into that marathon level, really long distance level over 10 Ks regularly, I'd say, yeah, why don't you go get some easy little things to nibble on, like some fruit and nut, like dried fruit and nut mix to have a handful of that while you're kind of um, waiting until your appetite comes back after exercise because it's not unusual for that to reduce after doing something like that type of training specifically cardio and running but what we want to focus on more is the four r's so they are replenish your carbohydrates we need to replenish those glycogen stores we need to rehydrate so getting that water in as much as we can wherever you can we really need to replace the fluids from sweat as that can really improve your recovery and muscle soreness and repair your muscles from protein so making sure that there's a little bit of protein included at some stage within that hour and hour and a half if that's what you're doing but if not within that 24-hour period and um, after that rest don't underestimate how much your body needs rest after training. Sleep is a big priority, but also just making sure that you're not going for a big long run and then expecting yourself to do you know, an additional 10,000 steps for the day. Your body does need rest. And I do see people kind of up, you know, ex- their expectations of, of exercise are a little bit out compared to what the body actually needs and what the body needs to do. So rest is really, really bloody important. We see that even with our high level athletes, AFL players, they all need a couple of days rest to make sure that their body's not going to get injured. So the first meal, ideally within that 24 hours, but whenever you can manage it, should be a two to one ratio of carbohydrates to protein. So a lot of people think that protein, protein, protein was what you need, but we actually need carbohydrates to replenish our glycogen stores and it will help out with your muscle soreness as well. So we need about 50% carbohydrates, 25% protein, 40% veggies, and then about 10% fats. So that sounds pretty specific, but um, it's not too bad. It's just a normal kind of meal, just focusing on adding a bit more carbohydrates in that you might normally not do. And then after that, it's just normal eating how you you know, day-to-day kind of stuff and it wouldn't really matter too much. Um, So an example would be like a teriyaki salmon bowl with, you know, a a bed of rice under it with some salad or some roasted veggies and a bit of tahini sauce or cooking it in some olive oil or a little bit of avocado in there. Um, Spag bowl with veggies grated into the sauce, into the lean mince and making sure you have some good quality pasta in there. Um, Porridge, again, great option or oats in general, any type of cereal perfect with a bit of yogurt or protein powder in there. Um, Muesli, yogurt, fruit, similar combinations like that is perfect after training. I have not had lunch and this is making me drool. Um, (laughs) I was like, I will have any of those dishes. Thank you. You just listed off like all of my favorite foods. Um, So I'm really happy to hear that. Carbs are life. I can see your face, Steph, just imagining. I feel like everything that you just said for Steph, the teriyaki salmon bowl on on a bed of rice. Steph was like, ooh. (laughs) No, love it. No, love it. I think it is really an important message. I mean, you've said it already, but like not to be afraid of carbs. In fact, you actually, it's very important that you include them. So I love that. Um, And we've obviously spoken about the goodness of that and all the good foods and the foods that you recommend pre and post. Is there any foods that like particular food groups that maybe we should avoid on maybe the days of a, a big run or the night before a big run? Yeah, there is some, um, and this can again be dependent per person as well. Mm. And like what your expectations of training are, but 
big one that um, immediately comes to mind is alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry to be the bearer <laughs> of bad news. I know it's locked down. It's been hard. Um, but alcohol will just reduce your sleep. You know, you're more dehydrated from it and it can just increase your risk of injury and pulling a muscle, for example, digestive upset, those types of things when you're running, which is not fun because there's a bit of a thing called runner's gut and you might find that that has a bit more of an effect on you after a big (laughs) night of alcohol. So that's the one thing that I would really recommend not to go for. Um, We generally don't recommend high fiber and high fat meals just the night before, say, if you're going for a morning run or if you're going for an evening after work run, you know, your lunch not being a really high amount of heaps of you know grains and a large amount of like raw vegetables and things like that just because those foods as well as a lot of oils and healthy fats as well do take a lot longer for our body to digest and so they put a bit more of a focus when you're meant to be exercising on the digestive system and it can affect your performance as well as well as get a little bit of a upset tummy and more likely getting a stitch um but otherwise it's just generally going for like a very familiar meal like something that you would regularly eat you know that it does well for you you don't feel sick after it and yeah that's exactly what i would kind of go for so we've seen um even on the news like usain bolt before the olympics before his running race a few years ago when he was overseas he went for maccas because he knew that that was something he could trust and it was going to be what he thought it was going to be and although it sounds like a bit weird that a high athlete runner like usain bolt was going to do that he could trust it and it's a familiar meal so um that's exactly what we kind of recommend that's so funny do you know what he had I think he had like a Big Mac meal. <laughs> Interesting. High carb. Okay. Yeah, with a good Coke. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well maybe if you I can, can't. obviously he ha- maybe was forced into that. But if um, you can go for a healthier option, I feel like that is what we will be recommending. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, please don't do that. That's not what we generally recommend, but it's more about familiarity with yes. um yeah, digesting it, you know. Of course. No, <laughs> he couldn't trust the, the other food, so he went for what he could trust and know what he could kind of go for with that performance. <laughs> so, um, yeah, go for a healthy, balanced meal, something homemade, generally what we kind of recommend. Yeah. I love that. And I, I remember once <laughs> when I was doing a fun run, It was a, I think it was about a 14K fun run, and I'd never had a pre-workout before. And goodness <laughs> me, I decided to take one. Such a banana brain, seriously. I literally ran the first 7K at... I can't explain how fast I was going. I was I was almost in the front pack with all the serious runners. My I was hearing my pace in my headphones and I was like, oh my God, like I am amazing. Like maybe I should start thinking about competitive running. And then I turned around, the pre-workout ran out. I started to feel sicker than I have ever felt in my life. And I literally nearly had to walk the last 3K, which I don't usually, I usually can run 14K really comfortably because I felt so sick. And from that moment, I thought never. Also, pre-workout's not for me. And then secondly, don't try things just before you run. Mm, no. Not a good idea. <laughs> so anyway, I feel you on that. So I'm sorry, speaking I'm like crying of- laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. So speaking of, I, I suppose, pre-workout supplements um, and things, there's obviously a lot of supplements out there. I think there's probably almost too many. We don't need them all. But there are some that can help us with running, I suppose. What do you recommend when people, even if it's not running, but when people are just increasing their training, what should they look at in their diet with supplements? Yeah, so the best, so we'll come to caffeine for sure and talk about, you know, um, 
some of those pre-workouts, they can be a little bit hay going, mm-hmm. but <laughs> carbs in general, your food and how you're eating generally, your general diet, looking at it from not just like a day-to-day perspective, but week perspective is definitely the best supplement. So the cheapest and the most effective supplements are normal healthy foods. Mm. Um, like I was mentioning before, making sure that you're inc- like including and increasing carbohydrates compared to maybe what you'd normally have is the best bet that you can go for and spacing out your protein throughout the day to make sure that your body's absorbing enough of it. We can only absorb a certain amount of protein at once. So we don't want to have, say, you know, a really high protein focused meal and then a really carb focused meal and then a really high fiber meal or a really high fat meal and like separate those. We want just little bits of all of it regularly throughout the day. Um, which will give you the best kind of absorption and give you the best outcomes in terms of exercise and running. So um, food, natural food is the best. Mm. Be really mindful of dehydration. We want to aim for a pale yellow to clear colour of urine before you start training and then after you just want to really be focusing on replenishing, you know, the fluids lost from sweating and that exercise. So really, really be mindful of, you know, getting those fluids in however you can. And um, for some people that are, you know, more long distance, more higher intensity types of styles of running, so you're training for a marathon, you're training for one of those four 14k runs. Mm. In some cases, I'd say, you know, a sports gel, a sports... Um, drink or some lollies, something really quite quick acting throughout the running might be appropriate, but nine times out of 10, you don't need it. Um, so don't, don't be going and spending money on those types of things because you can get them naturally throughout your diet and they will work better. But if you're a menstruating human with a period, iron levels mm, are something I yes. really focus on kind of checking in with with your GP quite regularly, particularly if you're someone that has, you know, a really high plant-based diet with minimal animal-based protein. So you're vegan, you're vegetarian, or you're just really mindful of how much animal products that you do eat to be even more aware of iron levels because they do affect, you know, fatigue and you can kind of increase your risk of injury with iron deficiency as well. So just be mindful around that if you do start to notice some symptoms of fatigue or you're just sleeping a lot and finding it quite difficult with energy through the day um, to check in with your iron. But caffeine, amazing. The research on caffeine is fantastic in terms of coffee. Coffee is one of the best options to go for. So even if you're finding that you're waking up quite early and going for a run, having like a black coffee with a dash of milk or whatever, something that's not really, you know, has a lot of sugar in it or really kind of hard to digest with like a lot of milk is a great option for you. But caffeine in terms of coffee is fantastic. Um, If you're someone that hasn't tried a pre-workout supplement, you can if you want. They're just a larger dose of caffeine and you might find that you overdo the caffeine and then it actually does the opposite of what you're kind of aiming to do. So base it off what you normally would would have and that's a fantastic supplement that's, you know, very, very cheap. Um, Protein powders are something that we don't overly recommend unless you're really struggling to get enough meat in or enough other plant-based proteins in through the day to kind of supplement what you do need. So it is a supplement in that form. But after exercise, why we don't just go for or recommend protein in itself with some water is because it's high in protein and lower in carb. And we want that two to one ratio of carbs. And we want more of those. So even utilizing, you know, a smoothie with some protein powder made on milk. Milk is fantastic for hydration and recovery and repair after exercise. 
um, with some frozen fruit in there is a really fantastic snack option after exercise if you're finding that digestion and, and appetite's a little bit difficult within that hour, hour and a half period. But creatine is a newer kind of supplement that we've got a lot of research on that's quite good, especially what we've seen in longer kind of distance running as well. Um, and that creatine really helps out with the creation of ATP, that major fuel source that causes that muscle contraction. So it can reduce your muscle fatigue and, you know, that's a good option if you want to if you want to pay money for something, but mm-hmm. we don't recommend BCAAs, which are a really common um, supplement that people get marketed towards. They really the research on that is is quite poor, so save your money on that one. Love that. That's such good advice, and I, yeah, I'm with you. There's so many things, and it can be really overwhelming. And they all say that they can help you, but take it from someone from a gal who took a pre-workout and she got very sick. Also, why did I go? I've never called myself that before. A gal. Um, a gal. <laughs> you don't, um, yeah, you, you don't need it. I love that advice. And I think as well, like even with, with Steph and I, obviously we um, have keep, uh, protein in our Cooper Clinic grocery range, but when we speak about using it, we put it into, you know, um, cakes or muffins or things, you know, when we're baking to add a little bit more protein or in smoothies with, banana and all of those things i can't actually tell you actually any time that i've got protein powder in a jar and or not a jar a shake the room. only just, time we have ever done that is to test the protein powder is in yeah, like literally so <laughs> yeah so that we know that you know for those people who do do that it tastes okay but uh no way <laughs> Yeah, yeah. you've got to make it taste good. You've got to add it into something. Yeah, and then that in that form, it's a fantastic supplement, especially after exercise and running. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, you but, need a, it's important to have it with carbohydrates because you yeah. need to refuel. Mm. So that's I'm so happy that you said that. Is there anything else that you recommend nutrition wise, hydration wise, pre post workout, <laughs> whatever? Um. Not overly, don't sweat the small stuff, mm. you know. The big thing is that you're when you're going into a run is that you're not feeling, like, full, you're not feeling super tired and lethargic and you're not doing anything too new, mm. right? Like, you want to feel good and make sure that you're focusing on um, not you know, putting too much pressure on yourself that you can't eat at these certain times or anything like that. There's a lot of like leniency in this. The big kind of picture is that you're exercising, which is amazing. You're going for a run and yeah, sure. If you have a really shitty run day, we all have them. That's okay. The Mm. big thing is that you've gone out there and you've done the job. So if you are starving and you finish work and the only time for you before sunset is to go for a run and you've had a snack within that hour, don't sweat it. Mm. It's so fine. It's more Mm. around what's ideal, you know, that we're talking about at the moment. And the big picture is that you're eating healthy and that you're moving. So make sure you just keep hydrated and you keep checking your pee, your pee (laughs) (laughs) colour, while you're increasing it at the moment through the challenge as well. Um, But otherwise, the most natural things are actually the best things for you. Um, Yeah. Love that. Such great advice to finish on. Thank you so much, Liv. It was so nice to chat to you. I learned a lot in that, Mm. as always. (laughs) So really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, guys, for having me. I love coming on. Thank you. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that episode. We'll pop Liv's information in our show notes. As always, if you would like to find out more about Keep It Cleaner or sign up to our seven-day free trial, you can head to our website, www.keepercleaner.com. You can also find us on Instagram at keepercleaner, at laura.henshaw and at Steph Claire Smith. And we'll be back in your ears next week. Bye.